You're listening to the Hellhounds of Horror. This is Big Ronnie saying, this show is total bullshit. And I'm really glad they let me be on it. Welcome, everybody, to an extra greasy episode of Hellhounds of Horror this evening. We got Mr. Michael St. Michaels, a.k.a. Big Ronnie, a.k.a. the Greasy Strangler in the house this evening. Um, he's going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about the movie The Greasy Strangler. We're going to be asking him some questions. You know, we're going to be having a good time tonight, an extra greasy time tonight. So, you know, we're going to have some fun. So uh, how are you doing today, Mr. Michael? I'm doing rather well. I'm reading a script for something I shoot next week. and. Uh... Oh, nice. And I'm talking to you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. 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 Awesome. Hell yeah. Can you speak on what you're working on or, or what you're reading? Uh, it's called uh, The Once and Future Smash. Mm -hmm. I kind of play me as I used to was. Okay. And uh, I'll leave it at that, you know, because it's just, you know, it's it's not a big role, but it's a fun one. Nice. And, awesome. Uh, and I'm going to have fun, so hopefully they like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, personally for me, um, I, I had never even heard of this movie before until about a week ago. John just said, hey, you know, when you get a chance, we just recorded the podcast from last week. And he was all, when you get a chance, watch this movie, The Greasy Strangler. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll put it on the list. It took me a couple of days to get to it. And when I got to it, I was about 20 minutes in and then I messaged him and I said, dude, I've never been horrified, shocked and kind of bothered by any kind of movie in, in a weird way in the first 20 minutes of the movie. And as I got through the movie, like it was just, you know, growing on me. It was so weird. It, all the green. Oh man. I, I, there's just so many things about this movie that, you know, just, it, it just got me, but it was such a fun movie. It was, it was entertaining as hell. I loved it. I, uh, I was appalled the first time I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, we were Sundance at the first Q and a, uh, I heard Jim saying, get that microphone away from him. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I, I'm beginning to think it's actually a pretty good movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but, it, it really is. I enjoyed it. I, I've got to ask, though, when, when you first got the script for this movie and you read it, you know, what it was going to entail, was it just kind of like a rough draft or, or did it have all these details and, and it just kind of, what was the first reaction to it? Well, I actually never read the script until I was shooting it. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. I got the part uh, a couple days before, uh, and I was busy moving my mother to San Diego so I could actually do the thing, because uh, I was playing caregiver there, and that's uh, not conducive to uh, being a movie star. Most of what I saw, I really only concentrated on my lines for the next day and tried to work out my actions and, and things like that, but... Uh, Jim Hosking dragged me through it. <laughs> and I'm so grateful. <laughs> was this something that they sort of said, you have the part, we want you to be Big Ronnie? Or was this something you had to audition for? 
Uh, I read for Jim for another film, uh, An Evening with Beverly Luff Lynn, about two years earlier. Okay. And uh, got a call back, but never heard anything, which is typical. And uh, just went on with my life. I did uh, Freshwater in the meantime and a couple other little things. Oh, yeah, no, Desolute I did right after that. But uh, um, then I got a call. They were looking for me. And by the time they were looking for me, they were almost shooting. Right, yeah, of course. Or they found me because they had lost me. Right. Fortunately, uh, my friend Kat, who I'd done a a short one called uh, Making It uh, with, uh, they knew about that. And they got a hold of her and she called me. And the rest is history. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) Of course. This might be a little explicit, but I don't give a damn. Uh, What was it like putting that fucking prop on you that hanged between your damn legs? What was that like? Well, I felt it was like a fig leaf. So I never really felt naked or anything, you know, and, uh, I saw Boogie Nights, and I I originally thought of, oh, I'm going to have one of those Boogie Night dicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, an, that's an impressive dick, though, the, the Dark Diggler. That's yeah. A, that's a big old dick. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't have a mouse head at the end. I actually have a friend who, who had a question for you. Um, he wanted to know, what was the size of that motherfucking destroyer? Uh, I've got it in a plastic bag over there if you want to see it. Sure. Oh, a- absolutely. Yeah. Hang on a minute. I'm sorry I have to leave Seth. I, I didn't think about bringing that out. <laughs> no worries. This is going to be for the, uh, for the listener, he just he just got up and he's walking to grab that big old thing. <laughs> it's coming. They just hit the floor. You heard that? <laughs> <laughs> Just what everybody needs, you know, is a spare dick. <laughs> can never have too many. Yeah. No, sure. actually, they can come in handy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. What the hell? Oh, my gosh. I know. That's weird. I, I, if this thing, you know, if I'm still popular in 10 years, I'm going to auction this off. <laughs> Save, yeah, no shit. Start saving your pennies now because... It's going to be worth millions. That's Holy a peace God. talker. That's a peace talker <laughs> for the room. Not my lifetime, I don't know. <laughs> that would be so cool just to hang it just somewhere in your living room or something when you're just having people over and, you know, somebody just questions, what is that? Most of the people that come over have never seen the movie. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm surprised at some of the people that do like it, though, like uh, my ex-stockbroker. He called me up and said we were watch- they were watching it. And they liked it so much, they watched it twice in a row. And I thought, "Ah, that's pretty cool. (laughs) So what was it like putting all that, all that grease on whenever they, you know, they they presented it to you for what you had to do since you were doing it day by day with the script? Uh, What was it like? It wasn't, it wasn't very comfortable. Uh, The suit was, uh, the stuff they used was this stuff called ultra ice and uh, cellulose something or other it will give you frostbite in the sahara in the summer because there's so much menthol in it you one one day i sat in this thing for probably six seven hours 
And I really thought I was starting to go into hypothermia by the time I got back in to do my kill the, uh, I think that was the scene where I killed Oinker. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Jesus. One of my favorite um, deaths in that movie. <laughs> hell yeah. A lot of people have told me that that's the grossest thing that they've saw in the, in the Greasy Strangler was when Ronnie puts his finger in Oinker's nose. Yeah. And then oh. dips it and then let, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I was hoping, but it didn't taste. It tasted like shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I've seen some pretty gory movies. That right there might take might have take the cake. You think? I, I'm Thank pretty you. sure. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. never I've never seen a. You know, we've interviewed quite a few people and and reviewed quite a few movies, but a nose, a finger in the nose, and then eat it was just uh something disturbed me about that. That was cool <laughs> as fuck. So yeah, I know. Well, Jim and Toby wrote the thing, and uh, <laughs> I love them. I, <laughs> they also did Tropical Cocktails, and I did three different characters on that Cartoon Network, but uh, I think it was Midnight Swim or Adult Swim, something like Adult that. Swim. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, they didn't go for a second season, right. which is a shame. Was was there any other sort of TV roles that you've done? The, the reason I ask is my um, my girlfriend. She she's like, I know this guy from somewhere, but I can't remember where. So she asked, "Is there any TV shows that you did in the seventies or the eighties?" Yeah, um, there was a show called Partners in Crime. Uh, it only lasted one season. Started uh, Wonder Woman and Lonnie Anderson. I, if you look closely, you'll find me in every episode of that. Oh, nice. uh, I did uh, Open House and Duet on the Fox Network at, for when they first uh, started doing sitcoms. I was on Hunter for two and a half seasons. I was uh, four or five episodes of In Living Color. I did a few oh. married children. I was. Blanche's boyfriend in an episode of Golden Girls. That'll be it. That's, you know, that's weird because that's my biggest residual is still Golden Girls. Wow. <laughs> I would agree because Serena's a pretty big Golden Girls yeah. fan. Yeah, I mean, I'm just amazed at the longevity of that show. That and I, you know, like I said, I did a few Married with Children and uh, that's still out there too. But That's true, that's, yeah. A fox had a separate deal, so we don't get as much from that. I don't know. There's, uh, well, there was a video dead. That was of in the course. 80s. Light Blast, a movie starring Eric Estrada. That's where I got my uh, SAG card. I was nice. a cop. I did a lot of cops for a while. I also did a lot of dead bodies. I right. Know, <laughs> I seem to get killed a lot when I first went through the stripper, the greasy strangler, because I, I didn't get killed. <laughs> and then just before the, the end of shooting, they wrote in that firing squad scene. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was reading online here um, through your, they, they kind of have like a Wikipedia biography on, on everybody that, you know, celebrity in, in any kind of way, shape and form. It said that in the 70s, you, you start out working out as a, as a hairdresser. Well, I started that in the 60s, actually. 60, okay. Uh, yeah, and I did that for 20-something years. And I still cut hair occasionally. Not very often. Just a couple of people won't go away. But <laughs> uh, I always said if I ever found anything that was easier or more fun, I would change. Yeah. And although working in film is definitely not easier, uh, it is 
it can be more fun. I miss the money though, because I did much better as a hairdresser. <laughs> wow. I mean, it supported my sailboat. I had a punk club for a while with some friends in San Diego, and uh, that was really great. Did you, did you ever uh, cut any like celebrities' hair or? Not really. I mean, I did Spiro Agnew's wife. Uh, she was uh, Nixon's vice president's wife. I did. Oh. Uh, I hung out at Steve McQueen's place a couple times, oh, but nice. I didn't get his hair. The Gabor sisters. I did. I I worked on uh, the mother. I did her hair once. Most a lot of that time I was in Palm Springs or else in uh, Laguna. Palm Springs in the winter and Laguna in the summer. Nice. So I think, yeah. I, I, so I, 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 no, I take it. I take you're a horror fan. I imagine. Uh, some yeah. Uh, I really. Uh, I'm more into science fiction. Yes. Nice. And I, I like. <laughs> Really quirky movies like Baghdad Cafe. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Enchanted April. I don't know. I guess it's a romantic slush piece. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It makes me happy. <laughs> nice, yeah. Could you drop your top five or top three sci-fi movies? Uh, it would be hard to say. I think a couple of the Star Trek movies, uh, the uh, one with Khan, uh, I started getting into a show called Event Horizon, and I couldn't find it anymore. Uh, I liked, because uh, most of the science fiction I see is on television. I worked on, uh, well, I worked on a couple Star Trek movies. I worked on uh, bit parts in the series, and uh, I think the last thing I did on Star Trek was uh, Enterprise. I was a priest going to watch some celestial event, you know, but mostly I was cops and <laughs> I, I still, I'm watching them now because I was working then and I can't, I couldn't watch them then I was at work. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I like X-Files a lot. Oh yeah. yeah. There is one episode where I am every dead body in that show. Because uh, oh, I did right. a lot of second and third unit stuff with them. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was. You know, I love the X Files. One of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. Same. I was really glad when they moved to LA because suddenly uh, a bunch of people from the Pretender that I did work on before were on it and called me in to do little things here and there. And uh, I really like doing little things here and there. Talking more sort of modern or uh, you, you got to work with uh, Elijah Wood. He was one of the producers, his production company, SpectreVision. Yes. Uh, what what was it like working uh, working alongside him and getting to meet him? That would be really cool. Oh, yeah, it was, you know, because he's uh, he said one of my favorite movies, this thing called All is Illuminated, which is another quirky little film. Yeah, yeah, I believe I I've seen that. really liked and uh, they were very good to me. They got me into this, uh, the seven ways to achieve eternal bliss and happiness through the sacred uh, writings of the, or through the writings of the sacred Storch. I never could get that title right. <laughs> uh, it was called Corpse Tub when I uh, worked on it. I, I had a great time with that part because I was just a homeless person preaching the gospel of the great storch 
on a street corner in Hollywood wearing, you know, Bernie clothes and a bathrobe and uh, <laughs> screaming my head off. And when we did it, I was actually stopping traffic. <laughs> I thought this was great. <laughs> oh, man. That had to have been fun. It was. <laughs> oh, man. And it turned out to be a pretty funny movie. But I've never, I hadn't heard what happened with it. So I don't know. I think I saw an interview you'd done before, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's quite the mouthful." And you were like, "Oh, it was called Corpse Tub when I worked on it. That's way easier yeah. to remember." Well, I mean, you know, it's just it was fun. Nice. I just I'm a set junkie. I uh, love to work, and uh, I've been doing uh, student films and things like that when I can't find anything else because. I don't know. It's it's better to have a workout than it is to go pay for an acting class. Right, of course, yeah. And with my cash flow, I can't afford any of those guys anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get into bigger movies. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Uh, is is there any sort of movies, like horror movies or movies in general, that you've seen in the last few years that have really stood out for you? Uh, Wonder Woman. I saw a bunch of superhero movies and action movies that year, and that was the only one that was that I thought worth seeing. I don't go to the movies very often. It's just too expensive. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. I don't have uh, cable or internet or anything. I, well, I have internet, but I mean, I don't have uh, movies readily available anywhere, um, right. uh, except for what they send me. They sent me a few this year that I really liked. I liked uh, the one about Harriet Tubman. I thought that was, well, it was pretty good. It wasn't great, but it definitely needed, it was a story that needed to be told. Jojo, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, uh, jo yeah, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. That's yeah. yeah that's like that's a crazy movie. I got a kick out of that one. And uh, and I also saw her in uh, the uh, Wives' Story or uh, A Housewife's Tale, and that was really good too. Uh, so you were saying that you know Star Trek movies were were some of your favorite, especially the the Wrath of Khan. Did you see any of the new uh, remakes of the Star Wars movies? The one especially they did about Khan. I didn't see the newest Khan. I saw the other, the new uh, crew uh, in one of them. I don't remember the name of it, uh, but I saw it on a plane flying cross country. Right. And uh, I was really into it. <laughs> nice. It was pretty good because, you know, uh, a lot of the things like the, the special effects with the, uh, with the phaser guns and things like that, you know, it's all so modern and, and so realistic. But um, the, although the storylines were, were very different from, from the original to the, to the remake, mm -hmm. um, I, I still thought it was pretty good. I mean, despite, you know, it being more modern, a totally different story and on the way they went with it and everything. Um, but, but I thought it was still pretty good. Yeah. Well, I prefer a, a story driven plot like uh, nemesis. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, that was dark. Yeah, that was really dark. I like dark. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever get a chance, there's a, another movie that kind of goes not so much um, alternate universes, but but it has to deal with travel in deep space for long periods of time and how it affects you. It's called Pandorum, where people were in space for so long, they evolved into these different creatures. I've seen parts of that. It, it was pretty good. I mean, the, yeah, the, whole, the parts the whole thing I saw made me want to see more, but I haven't. 
it's a really it's a really good movie. If you ever get a chance, definitely check it out. A great movie, and we're actually living in it now, is one called Brazil. Oh, have yeah. That? I have not seen that. Oh, I have seen Brazil. you got to check it out. And then look around, and you'll see we're living in it. <laughs> one of those Monty Python guys did this movie uh, in the uh, 80s, I think. Or, yeah. yeah, I think oh. it was the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think is there um has has there ever been celebrity or director actor that you've you've met you've been starstruck by? I'm I'm curious on that. Uh, Sean Connery. Uh, I was his uh, photo double and stand in on uh, well for a while, and uh, I was always in awe of him. And I really liked his work, and I was really amazed to find out at the time that. His shoulders were a half inch wider than mine, and I had more hair than him. <laughs> coming from uh, coming from Scotland, Sean Connery is like royalty there. Yeah, he should be. I mean, he's yeah. one of the reasons you've got the independence you have. Really, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. just I admire him for that. I also admire him for being married for so long to the same woman. <laughs> <laughs> She's a doll, too. <laughs> it's yeah, weird. Sure. I got interviewed by somebody from Scotland when the Greasy Strangler first came out. It was a phone interview, and I could not understand a single word he said. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. I've only been to Scotland once, and it was beautiful, but it was closed. It was Sunday. Right. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, we used to have that problem here too. That on Sundays everything was closed. <laughs> uh, so we we have uh, we have some questions from some uh, some people on Instagram. One comment, uh, which is Uber Demon zero six 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 zero, great name, said uh, this dog doesn't have enough grease on it. <laughs> yes, I I could concur with that. It's hard to get a greasy enough dog. Uh, the last time I had a greasy enough dog, I got kicked out of the place. And it was a cart. Yeah. <laughs> I just had no sense of humor. Uno. <laughs> but his eyes delicious. <laughs> little breading and olive oil that I made myself in my bedroom at night. <laughs> Ooh. We, we have a question here from uh, Tito Guito. Uh, which is, uh, how close is he with the kid Philip H. Anselmo? I met him at uh, the first autograph signing I ever went to. Uh, he came up to me when I walked into the hotel, grabbed me, picked me up, swung me around and says, dude, you're the best actor I've ever seen. And I'm thinking, who the fuck are you? And would you <laughs> uh, We have since become friends. <laughs> He, uh, he actually brought me out to do uh, a music video, Choosing Mental Illness, where I played Nurse Ratchet. Right. He's oh, kind wow. of a tribute to uh, Milos Forman. I worked on a couple of his projects, and uh, he was a great boss. <laughs> he has another band called Scar that sampled me. So they were in San Diego. I got to go down and go on stage, and instead of them sampling the line, I got to say, bullshit artist. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's fucking brilliant. Uh, I just went to the Dimebag uh, tribute concert. That was a shock, because I didn't know anything about that. 
and right. uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah. It, oh yeah. 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 I was driving to a friend's house when I had heard the news on the radio because I'm a big Pantera fan. I'm in South Texas, San Antonio. And, oh yeah. Yeah. So I've I've grown up what uh, listening to Pantera. Um, yeah. I even attended one of their shows in '98. So I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It, it was He's devastating crazy. to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm trying to talk him and Kay into taking the the lyrics from his songs and publishing a book of poetry. Yeah, because, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm beginning to appreciate heavy metal. I never was a really big fan before, but I really love his his uh, lyrics. I think he's probably one of America's best poets. Yeah, he, he's really good. I mean, I've I've heard you know other bands that he's had like Down, Superjoint, Ritual. You know, bands like that that he did. And also I was telling John the other day, um, he did like a like a seminar or or a speech at, at the New Orleans University. He was talking about his heroin addiction, like what yeah. it was like in, in the in the day, you know, in the morning, how it would start to the end of the day. And it was some really deep, dark stuff that he went through. Yeah, he's lucky to be alive. Yeah. And uh, I'm really grateful that he is because he's turned out to be a really good friend. Talked to him on New Year's, and that was, uh, I don't know, they, I think they're back from Japan now. I haven't caught up with them since then. Next time you uh, speak to him, definitely send us, send him our best. I shall. Us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're fans of Phil yeah, and Pantera. Have him on your show. That would, that would be, be great. That would be uh, phenomenal. That would yeah. be sick. There's the uh, Phil I, Philip H. Anselmo uh, fan page. Yeah, we'll and reach out depending on what whatever. this looks like when I see the finished product, I'll recommend you. Hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No yeah. pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no, we appreciate that. Thank you very much, Michael. Just while I have it in my head, is it true that, that Phil has the other, one of the decks from the Greasy Strangler? Yeah. He has I the did. other. There were deck. two, and I gave him one of them. Uh, <laughs> he also has one of my action figures. Oh, uh, nice! And I, I was really amazed at uh, the uh, the illegals tour. The T-shirt there, uh, choosing mental illness, uh, has my eyes on it. Really? Yeah, looking through the uh, chicken wire there. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Bad ass. It was. I was just really. I mean. I the first time I saw it, I was in the Dominican Republic, so I couldn't really see it. It was on somebody's phone, and vision's not that great. But when I got home and I saw it, I, I was amazed that they actually said starring Michael St. Michael. So I, wow! You know, I was really because I don't know. I know I did three Santana videos, and they never even mentioned me. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Fucking Santana! <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably uh, still mad because I used to see him in Tijuana when he, before he got famous and he was playing down there, and I was a pretty rowdy drunk then. <laughs> <laughs> so you were heckling Santana? No, I was just getting into fights on the dance floor in front of him. <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah, I gave that up. I kept losing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and then speaking of music, uh, music's a huge part of the Greasy Strangler. Big Ronnie and Big Braid, and they run the disco tour. Mm -hmm. do, do you have any any disco favorites that you like to listen to? Uh, I like Donna Summer. I uh, I always like that song, Push, Push, Push in the Bush. Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, I don't know, when, 
disco was out, I was a hairdresser. We had disco music blasting at the shop. You know, it got to the point where if I heard disco music, I didn't think as about as much about dancing as I did about cutting hair. And right. then I got into the punk thing, and that was wonderful. That was like almost like a flashback to the beatnik era when right. anybody could do anything and be accepted for it. And it wasn't all, you know, because disco to me, you know, dancing is fun and all that, but it, it just uh, got very shallow. Right. I mean, it keeps you up, that and the Coke. Uh, but <laughs> cool. yeah, that'll, that'll keep you up there after and, uh, a while it wouldn't <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and the uh the, the scene in the greasy strangle where you're you're in the spotlight and you're dancing um yeah. was that was there a specific song that was playing when you were doing that to get you the there rhythm was, or just all all you there was no music at all uh just all you dancing yeah it's just me dancing sorry <laughs> <laughs> it would have been nice to have some music of course, yeah. That wasn't, you know, that, but, uh, you know, it, it was a low budget production. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. It's one of my favorite yeah. scenes in the movie, actually. I, I just, you know, it's sort of like my uh, singing in the rain moment. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's actually, that's funny you said that. When I saw it for the first time, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, this is very singing in the rain. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I really think they should do the Greasy Strangler as a musical and bring it oh, back. Wow. And that would be something. It would be, you know, but nobody seems to be interested in it except me. And uh, Andrew Hong, the guy who did the soundtrack, he he liked the idea. Of, of course, uh, Sky, who is a greedy fucker, would be desperate to do it. <laughs> Ooh. I yeah. doubt we can get uh, Elizabeth in on it. They they dragged her in kicking and screaming, which is a shame because of all of us, she was the best. Yeah, she was pretty good. I was going to ask what it was like working with her. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really love her. I don't know. I, I had first um, seen her because I, I saw her and I recognized her and I thought about it for, you know, about half the movie. I've seen this girl before somewhere. Um, she came out on Eastbound and Down with uh, with Danny McBride. Yeah, yeah, and she she did a good role in that movie. It was the second season, I think, when he booked it to Mexico, and you know his uh, his buddy Stevie um, fell in love with the girl downstairs that was like the uh, like the live-in sister, or whatever she was, and yeah. they just became a couple, and you know it took off from there. But the whole interaction that she had, you know, because there was that language barrier, she only spoke Spanish, she only spoke English. It, it was yeah. just funny watching the whole the whole thing. I did a sitcom like that once. I don't remember the name of it, but it was supposed to be, I played an English butler to uh, a rich person and all the staff were Hispanic who didn't speak English. Right. <laughs> the premise of the show really was that I was supposed to learn a little Spanish every week and they were supposed to learn a little English every week. Well, they ran the pilot and then the people who owned the network decided, no, we can't have any English on our network ever. Wow. Uh, so they wouldn't run it again because it it was genuine. It did have some funny moments, and I love doing it. I just I don't know. Yeah, wow. Like yeah, it does sound like fun. It was working is fun. It's grueling, and uh, it beats you up. But there's just something. There's nothing else like it. Yeah. I can't explain. I guess I'm a masochist. <laughs> Especially too. I mean, if you work with some great people, you know, actors and things like that, it makes it 
all the more fun and worth it. Yeah, especially if you can get on a set where everybody's better than you. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I did one uh, that I really want to see finished anyway called Five Golden Rings. It's sort of like a Twilight Zone. Oh. I, I actually had a good time doing that. This guy, Mike Lanzini, made it. He also made the action figure of me and gave me a piece of the action. So when he asked me to do the movie, I just said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That was a one-day shoot, you know. <laughs> right. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> There's another movie you were in recently that got a lot of um, a lot of praise. It was a movie called Blind. Yeah. Uh, Sarah French is amazing in that. Have you seen oh, yeah. it? I've uh, not seen it, no, but uh, I've heard some fantastic things, especially about Sarah French. It was uh, Marcel Waltz that did it. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. he was a director-producer. Carolyn, who plays uh, Sarah's best friend, is also outstanding in it. But it's a lot better than that movie Dick Shark she did. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, that was a weird movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we we, uh, we we have a we have a friend that loves the movie Dick Shark. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's like a huge fan of it. Yeah, I heard a lot of really great stuff about Blind, so I'm really excited to check it out. Is it true that you had a a cameo and you said bullshit in it or bullshit? Yeah, artist? I bullshit yeah. twice. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's right at the beginning of the thing, so if you you know get sick of it, I don't come back. Uh, right. yeah. <laughs> That's like in uh, freshwater, but I I really couldn't wait to see that because I'd never been eaten by a giant alligator before. I love that part. When you're uh, when you're at conventions, um, what's typically the first thing that people say to you? Is it usually bullshit artist, or is it another quote from the movie? Like, what what are some of the things that people have come up to you and said? Well, the first thing I ever saw was at Sundance, the day after the first screening. Right. And I was waiting in line to go to a restroom. And this couple came up and started calling each other bullshit artists and saying, cutie, tootie, disco cutie, and dancing <laughs> for me. I, 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 I didn't know how to take it. I really didn't. I, 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 I hope... Uh, I didn't offend them. I mean, yeah, but I was in <laughs> shock. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, all that was new to me. I, I stayed pretty much under the radar my whole career. And I get a pension from the Screen Actors Guild. And uh, so I know I, I was there for a while. But, you know. Everyone coming up and just being like, bullshit artist. And who yeah. to eat disco key? That's. I did this. Uh, it was originally a short called Another which is really the first thing I did after I retired, really. And it was a few years after I retired. And uh, the short was really good. I haven't seen the finished product of the uh, the feature, but I really like this uh, little girl, uh, Pauline Rojas, who uh, casually takes me down and rips my chest open and starts throwing organs around. Uh, <laughs> She was such a sweet pharmacist. <laughs> when you did the scene where you're dunking the dog into the hot dog stand that's full of grease, was it mm -hmm. still that same stuff that um, that you were talking about that they covered the bodysuit with, or, or was it like a gel? No. It was like uh, olive oil, tapioca pudding. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Yeah, actually, it's kind of tasty. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes weren't that good. They were gelatin and something, but uh, they, I didn't really like the eyes that much. You know, you go to a, a good Middle Eastern restaurant, and you can get sheep eyes, and those are tasty. <laughs> These ones. <laughs> I've never had a sheep eye either. Ah, and they have sheep where you're from. <laughs> they, oh, yeah, they have a lot of sheep. They have a lot yeah. of cows. <laughs> you, should, uh, you should take a little bit of, of Southern and, and mix it with the sheep, man. Just get a tortilla and, and make a taco out of the eyeballs. Oh, sheep tacos? Yeah, sheep tacos. There you go. <laughs> hey, dunk it in some duck fat. There you go. <laughs> All right. Extra greasy. Oh, well, if you're serving it, I'll be over. Hell yeah. <laughs> let's, oh, yeah let's, have a, let's have a, a greasy taco party. That's the way it is. That's <laughs> why we do it here in Texas anyway. So, I mean. It... Yeah, I used to live in Dallas. So, oh, you used to live in Dallas? Nice. Yeah, I worked for Texas Instruments 65, right after I got out of the Army. <laughs> they do a lot of the uh, like the calculators and things like that. Yeah, well, they were at this point, they were just making transistors for IBM. Oh, okay. And okay. When I got there, they were just starting a program where they were going to start making their own stuff. And I was converting analog circuits to digital circuits for oh. them, which is really stupidly simple. But right. <laughs> Kept me working. <laughs> yeah, of course. I love I love Dallas. I've been to Dallas a couple of times now. Um, there's a horror convention there called uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend. Oh yeah. That uh, that we went to a few times. Yeah, they, they have a lot of independent movies. I think the guy that did Dick Shark, he he actually always goes there. Oh yeah, yeah, so, good for him. Yeah, I like Greenville Avenue. Yeah, it was just bars and uh, liquor stores for five or six blocks. <laughs> Uh, wow, pretty cool. and see how far you can get before you fall out. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much just sounds like Scotland to me. So. <laughs> oh, bars and liquor stores. The day I was there it was closed. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a shame. Hopefully, you get there uh, one day. Yeah, Definitely. you never know. I would like to. Yeah, you know. Traveling is difficult though because flying kills me. Lately, I've been able to take the train to most of my jobs. Uh, okay. Like I had one in Syracuse uh, uh, this time last year. Okay. And, uh, then I had that job in Omaha. I took a train to that, and it's just so much nicer. And I don't care if it takes me three or four days to get there. It's uh, not like. I did have a heavy schedule once for a couple of weeks. That's that's what I was going to ask. What's it like, you know, going on a train for three or four days? Because I've always wanted to take a trip like that on a train for about three or four days. I mean, is it just really chill to where you can stay in the cabin, you know, walk back and forth in the in the carts? Yeah, you can hang out. You meet people. And I love meeting people I've never met before. <laughs> and a train is a great place to do it. You've got like a captive audience. Of course, I'm a smoker. So every couple hours, they do have a stop where you can get out and smoke. And I was always doing that. So you meet the other smokers. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's of the way course. it is at the, at the uh, convention in Dallas. Everybody, there's just a giant smoke area in the front of the yeah. hotel. So even the celebrities go out there and they go have their smoke break and things like that. It's strange because when I first started working, any set you went to by the end of the day, it was an ashtray. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. Everybody smoked. Now, I've been on sets where I'm the only one who smokes. And everybody hates me, you know, because I smoke. But unfortunately, I was brainwashed as a child that it was cool. And I've been doing this for over 60 years. And it's 
And I know I don't need to be or I shouldn't be, but right. I get to a point where I might become homicidal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> Another question we got, um, uh, this is from uh, Serena Bobinas. She asked, the uh, the vat of uh, grease that Braden gets into, was that, was that full and he just dunked in it or was it an empty vat? Well, it had... It had, you know, some. I mean, you know, you could see him getting into it. Yeah. So they had to have enough grease for him to get into it. But no, it was a suit that he was wearing, right. the same as I was. And uh, well, we got it down to it. It only took about a half hour to put it on. Oh, wow. And uh, but at first, it was a couple hours to get into it. Yeah. Uh, then we had to make adjustments because if you had to go to the bathroom, you couldn't. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It was like they that would take you know too long, but we made some modifications here and there. And nice. Do you have any um, upcoming appearances at conventions or anything like that coming in the next year? I'm told there may be one in the Four Corners area, uh, and I'm not sure which Four Corners that is. Okay. And there's one uh, in Chicago that I I'm told that I might be doing. Rebecca. Uh, Feldman, my manager slash everything, uh, <laughs> she got it set up where I can uh, do this sort of thing and record messages to people. And uh -huh. uh, I just got a check from somebody who actually paid me to say something. Brilliant. Oh, <laughs> yeah. interesting. Uh, uh, that was that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was impressed. I mean, she sent me a script because I thought, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, technology. Yeah, <laughs> technology. Calling people bullshit artists and getting paid for it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what a day. <laughs> I'm amazed, though. I mean, six people have come up from Australia and made a point to come visit me. Wow. Uh, Michael, thank you very much for joining us. We've had an absolute blast. It's been a true Absolutely. honor having you on. Uh, you're always welcome on the Hellhounds of Horror. If you're ever working on anything, you want to plug it, then you just let us know and we'll... We'll All do our right. best to spread the word. Well, then I'll let you know when the uh, Once in Future smash happens. Of course, yeah. That's anything, so. anything. Uh, if there's any sort of promotional material and, uh, or anything. Look for fingers. Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That comes out. You probably, you know, you probably want to interview the stars because I know this guy I worked with whose name I can't remember again. <laughs> it was incredible. That's what I mean about working with people better than you. <laughs> you smooth over so many of your mistakes. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. You're very it's welcome, Sam. Thank you. Thank you yeah, very much. We appreciate it. If you need anything else, let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you again to Michael St. Michaels for joining us for this interview. Be sure to like him on Facebook. And while you're there, why don't you like the Hellhounds of Horror page as well? Here's a very special outro from Michael St. Michaels. You into bullshit? You should check these guys out. The Hellhounds of Horror. They got it together. And remember, you know where you can always find us. Deep in the pits of hell. <laughs>